Welcome to our broadcast today. Thank you for joining me. I'm Jerry Seville, and I have a very special program to share with you today. I'm going to take you back into the Southwest Believers Convention, where I was preaching with Kenneth Copeland, Jesse Duplantis, and a number of other guest speakers, and we had a powerful meeting. In fact, it was the 50-year anniversary of Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and I was so honored to be a part of it. My theme all week long as I was teaching in this meeting was don't quit. I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 6, one of my favorite uh, chapters in the Bible. Verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And then it goes on to say in verse 13, And having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, God expects you to stand on His Word. Don't give up. Don't ever quit. Don't even entertain the thought of quitting. I want to encourage you to make the decision that I made 48 years ago. And that decision was this. Quitting is no longer an option. For you see, if you refuse to quit, then you will have your breakthrough. If you refuse to quit, your due season will come. If you, if you refuse to quit, I'm getting excited. If, if you refuse to quit, then praise God, every prayer will be answered and God will see you through every adversity. So get ready to shout, get ready to rejoice as you watch this message on Don't Quit. Glory to God. Now listen to this. Don't wait for your circumstances to change before you start sowing. Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. The Amplified says, the person who waits for all the conditions to be perfect. If you wait for all the conditions to be perfect, I promise you, they'll never be perfect. Don't wait until conditions are perfect. Start sowing when conditions aren't favorable. You can change those conditions. How many of you remember the story of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 through 14? The Bible says, and there was a famine in the land. A famine. Sounds like conditions are not perfect. There's a famine in the land. And the Bible goes on to say, then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Yes, Notice he sowed in famine. Yes, sir. That is not perfect conditions. Yes. In fact, the natural mind would say, Isaac, you're wasting your seed. There's a famine. There's no, there's no chance for the seed to grow. But the Lord instructed him to sow, regardless of his circumstances. And the Bible says he sowed in that land, and he received a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I like the King James. It says, and the man waxed strong. That's not a term we use in Texas. Uh, when's the last time you walked up to somebody and they said, how you doing? You said, waxing strong, thank you. <laughs> it means increase. Yes, sir. 
He increased continually. Why? Because he didn't wait for his conditions to be perfect. He sowed in famine. And the Bible says he received in the same year a hundredfold. In the message translation, the man got richer and richer by the day until he became very wealthy. And he did it when conditions were not perfect. Don't wait to sow your seed. The devil telling you, you can't afford to sow. Tell him, just hide and watch. I can't afford not to sow. Amen. I may, I may stop doing some things, but something I will never stop doing is sowing. Never stop sowing. Look at your neighbor and say, never stop sowing. Now listen to this. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse two. This is Paul. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store such as God hath prospered him. How often were they to do this? Every week. Every week. Let him lay aside something in store. He's talking about sowing. Something in store such as God hath prospered him. I'm so glad he put that phrase in there. Prosperity comes from God. And notice Paul is saying to them, don't ever stop sowing. He encouraged them to make it at least a weekly practice. Amen. That kind of sounds like tithing, doesn't it? Amen. But notice here, Paul makes it very clear. Sowing is habitual. Minimum every week. But then it goes on in the final verse in this uh, lesson here, verse 10. As we therefore have opportunity to do good unto all men, especially them who are of the household of faith. So he says, lay aside something every week that you can sow. But then every time an opportunity arises, sow into all men but especially under those who are of the household of faith. So opportunities may come more frequently than weekly. Get up every day. Get up every day and say, Lord, you told me you would bless me so that I could be a blessing. I want to be a blessing today. I want to sow into somebody's life. And once again, it doesn't always have to be money. It can be encouragement. It can be a pat on the back. It can be a helping hand, but don't restrict it to just that. It also includes sowing, financial seeds, opportunities. Amen. I was looking for an opportunity to sow. I, I sow suits. I, I, was in, I was in need of a, of a great financial breakthrough with a project that I was doing in the nation of Kenya years ago. And... Uh, I still needed a large sum of money to finish this project. And I was going to ORU to preach. 
I got my plane and I'm, I'm flying up there. I'm sitting in the back and I'm flying up there. And I said, Lord, I need an extra and whatever the amount was. Um, I think it was $30,000 to finish this project. I need an extra $30,000 to finish this project. He said, when you get to Tulsa, that new van you just bought, there's a couple believing for a new van. They have a ministry of feeding the poor and I want you to sow that into their ministry. So I got quiet there for a little while. I said, uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for that $30,000 blessing. He said, when you get to Tulsa, there'll be five preachers who are thinking about quitting the ministry. And I want you to call them up and sew one of your suits into each one of them and tell them the spirit of longevity is on you and it'll come on them. So I got quiet. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for that $30,000. He said, when you get to Tulsa, I want you to give your briefcase and $500 to this man. And he told me how I would know this man. And then I said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Now, I knew what he was doing. He's setting me up for a breakthrough. He was setting me up for a harvest. So when I got there, I just stopped in the middle of the service and I said, there's a, a couple in here that is believing for a new van uh, that you have a ministry of feeding the poor and, and uh, I want to minister to you by the direction of the Lord. They came up with tears in their eyes, an elderly couple. They were feeding the poor in their community. And I said, I just bought that van and if you'll come back to Fort Worth with me, I'll give it to you. I'll sow it into your ministry. Debt free, praise God. And so I said, and there's five preachers in here that are about to quit the ministry. And the Lord told me to call you up, lay hands on you and give each one of you one of my suits and the spirit of longevity will come on you. And so all five preachers came up and miraculously they were all my size. <laughs> Not a tall one in the bunch, hallelujah. And so I said, when I get back home, I'll send that suit to you. And I did, praise God. And I might add, they're still in the ministry today, praise God. And then I called up this other person and gave them my briefcase with $500 cash in it and sewed it into them. And then I got on my airplane and I flew back home. Now we were starting the Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth the next week. And a couple of nights into the meeting, uh, we were going back to the hotel. And Jesse and Kathy were in the elevator with us. John Copeland was in the elevator with us. I believe Happy and Jeannie were in the elevator with us. And we were about to close the doors to go to our rooms. And we were still talking about the service. And just before the doors closed, I saw two hands come in, you know, the doors and trying to spread them open. And I pushed the button for the open door and they opened the doors open. And this little woman said, thank you. And she stood and turned her back to us. And she pushed her floor, which was a lower floor than where we were going. And she didn't say anything else. It didn't appear that she had been in the meetings. Uh, she had on a jogging suit. It looked like she was just a hotel guest. Maybe she went for a walk. And she just standing, didn't have a Bible in her hand, didn't have a purse in her hand, just standing there in this jogging suit. And when it reached her floor, she reached in her pocket, turned around and said, Brother Jerry, God told me this would happen here. <laughs> and she puts a check in my hand and walks off as the doors are closed before I could 
I could hardly say thank you. And so I'm standing there with a check. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> I open that check, there's $30,000. Amen. Amen. Don't ever stop sowing. Now I got one more story for you. It's only 1130. Everybody say, thank God for Brother Jerry. He releases us early. Hallelujah. All right, now listen to this last story. Jesse and Kathy, Carol and I, were doing a meeting together in Augusta, Georgia. And we flew in a day ahead of time before the meeting started just to visit one another and fellowship and so forth. We got to Augusta, and we were staying in a hotel. We had rented the uh, convention center. We were staying in a hotel that's on the river there. And so we decided to go out and, and find a place to eat. And so uh, we had to go down these steps. And there's a walkway along the river. We walked down to this restaurant, had a nice lunch, and then we were coming back to our hotel. And somehow I got up ahead of everybody. Uh, the girls were, were still talking, and, and uh, I guess Jesse was talking with them. And, and I started up the steps, and I got up to the top, and just as I got to the top, this little girl come running across the parking lot and threw her arms around me and said, Brother Jerry, Brother Jerry. She's crying. Brother Jerry, God told me you'd be here. God told me you would be here. I said, well, sweetheart, who are you? She said, uh, my mama brought me and my brothers to this meeting. We live in Boston. And we came to this meeting to be with you and Brother Jesse and said, our car has broken down several times all the way coming here. And it broke down again just before we got to this hotel and said, mama's crying and we don't have a place to stay. We don't have any money. We don't have any food. It took everything we had to just do the repairs on the car to get here. And I said, well, where's your mother? And she said, she's right up there in that car. And I could see mama's head was on the steering wheel. And so I said, well, let's go talk to mama. So we walked up there. Now, Jesse came in behind me. I didn't realize he was behind me at first. And so he come walking up there. And when I got to the car, mama was crying. She still had her head on. The, she hadn't even missed her daughter leaving the car yet. And, and she had her head on the steering wheel. She's crying. And I tapped her on the shoulder. And she turned around and looked up and said, I don't believe it. I said, your daughter did. She said, Brother Jerry, what are you doing here? I said, this is the hotel we're staying at. And she's, I said, uh, your daughter told me that uh, you had all these problems getting here. And she said, uh, yes, we did. And I just spent the last dime I had trying to keep this car going and it's died again on me. And I don't have any money to, to repair it. And we don't have a place to stay. We don't have any food. And, and, and she said, my daughter said, well, Mama, let's pray that we'll run into Brother Jerry. He used to work on cars. <laughs> That's what she told her. And said, uh, she said, well, sweetheart, even if we run into Brother Jerry, I don't even know where he's staying. But he didn't bring, I know he didn't bring his tools with him. She said, sweetheart, that, that's just not going to happen. She said, Mama, you told us if we believe we receive, we could have it. Come on. Come on. 
She said, I'm going to pray that God sends Brother Jerry. Mom said, well, you do what you want, but it's not likely, sweetheart. I don't want you to get your hopes up. And I come up that walkway there and that little girl looked up and she took off running. I said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to, uh, one of my uh, associates is here. I have some friends that live here in Augusta. We'll call them. We'll find out where there's a shop that they recommend. And we're going to send your car out to have it repaired while you're here in this meeting. And I said, and I'm going to pay for it. Jesse tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're not getting all that blessing. I'm going to pay for half of it. <laughs> you remember this, Captain? I said, well, you don't have to do that. He said, no, I want to. I want to sow whatever it costs. I'm sowing half of it. I said, okay, well, Jesse and I are going to take care of your car. I said, so where were you planning on staying? She said, we didn't have any reservation. I said, then you're staying right here with us. So we're going to get you a room and uh, uh, for all you to stay here while the meeting's going on, and I'm going to pay for it. Jesse said, you're not getting all that blessing. <laughs> said, I'm paying for half of it. I said, anybody that would drive all the way from Boston to hear me and Jesse needs to be taken care of, praise God. <laughs> Amen. And so... They did. They went, and then they called us back sometime later. Now, I really did not say, now, Lord, you remember the seed I sowed into that little woman? I, I, I was just honored to do it. I was just doing Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, when opportunity arises. Be a blessing to all men, especially under those of the household of faith. I wasn't thinking harvest. I was not thinking hard. I was honored to do it. I just, I lived to give. But a couple of weeks later, a man calls me. No, I'll take it back. I was doing one of our services, a monthly meeting that I did at the ministry called Back to the Basics. And after the service that night, as I was walking out, a man handed me a little piece of paper on my way out. He said, read this and call me. So I had, to, I had to make a call to my director over in Kenya. I went back to my office and made a call. And, and I went to the house. I'd put that piece of paper in my Bible notebook, and I'd forgot about it. Now, Carolyn was off. Uh, she'd gone up, I believe, to Mac Hammonds and Lynn Hammonds to do a meeting. And I was there by myself. And so uh, the next morning, I got up real early. I'm an early riser. I was going to make me a cup of tea. And I remembered that piece of paper that guy gave me the night before. And I went into my study and got it out of my Bible case. And it said, Brother Jerry, I know you love driving Corvettes. I would like to bless you with a new one. If you're interested, call me. <laughs> I thought, well, it's, it's six o'clock in the morning. I don't want to wake him up. So at 610, I called him. He said, what took you so long? I thought you'd call me last night. I said, I explained to him and I just read the message. He said, well, I'm in Dallas. How long will it take you to get to Dallas? I said, normally where he was located, he, I said, normally it'd take me about 55 minutes to an hour, but I'll see you in about 35. <laughs> <laughs> so I drove the Suburban over there and he said, he took me into the showroom and said, Pick out anyone you want. Now, I've been driving Corvettes since I was 16 years old. 
My dad was a Corvette specialist, General Motors, trained him to work on Corvettes, and I fell in love with them when I was a kid. I've been driving them ever since. And so pick out any one you want. So I picked one out, and he said, that's exactly the one I had in mind for you. He said, now, how are you going to get that Suburban home? I said, you driving it. <laughs> I said, I'll bring you back in the Corvette. So I took him back, and I'm coming back home. And I just, I just caught up in the goodness of God. I said, Lord, how come you to tell that man to give me this Corvette? He said, that's your harvest from that seed you sown in that little woman. I said, Lord, I didn't ask you for a harvest. He said, I never forget a seed sown. All right, now listen, I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. You get this verse, write it down, praise God. Uh, Psalm 20 you read verses one through four, and it says, God remembers all thy offerings. God remembers all your offerings. That means he never forgets a seed sown. And, and the Lord said, this is your harvest from the seed you sowed into that little woman. I called Jesse. I said, Jesse, has anything out of the ordinary, unusual, extraordinary happened to you in the last few days? He said, yes. And he told me about a major financial blessing that he received. And I said, did the Lord say anything to you about why he did that? He said, he said it was from the seed you and I sowed in that little woman in Augusta. I said, Jesse, God never forgets a seed sown. Thank you, Lord. I, I should have been a lawyer. I rest my case. <laughs> Don't ever stop sowing. Don't ever stop sowing. Don't ever stop sowing. Look at your neighbor. Don't ever stop sowing. Say it again. Don't ever stop sowing. Say it again. Don't ever stop sowing. Hallelujah. God never forgets a seed sown. Praise God. Lift your hands and thank God for his word right now. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. And we praise you for it. We commit today that we will never stop sowing. In the name of Jesus. Mark 4.28 says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. After the seed has been planted in faith, what happens next? In the powerful four-CD teaching, The Law of Progression, Jerry Savelle outlines the spiritual law of progression and how to stay strong when you're not seeing instant or overnight results. You will learn about how the Word of God is an incorruptible seed we plant in our hearts and the cycle of growth for that seed outlined in Mark chapter 4. In his classic illustration on a seed planted in faith, Jerry Savelle shares how living a life of faith goes against the world's way of life, like paddling upstream in a canoe. Don't wait any longer. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request the powerful four-CD teaching, The Law of Progression. Get ready to laugh, learn, and live the blessed way that God has always intended for you to live. Call today.
You know, I always love going to the Believers Convention. I've been going to these things since I was about 12 years old. I'm 47. It's, it's amazing. Also, I love Jerry Savelle, as you see behind me. What an incredible, faithful man. You know, the Bible says the faithful person shall abound in the blessing. So, you know, watching him be so loyal to KCM over the years, it shows he's healthy, he's wealthy, he's wise. And I promise you, the stuff that God has done for Jerry and Creflo and all these people, he's not a respecter of persons. He wants to do it for you. We just got to keep hearing more of the Word and coming to these meetings. It makes a big difference. That's how our life was changed, and I promise you, your life will be changed. One thing that sums up Jerry's ministry for me, and I love so much about his ministry, is favor. You know, I see the favor of God is so much upon his life and pretty much every day I believe God and I claim the favor of God. But hearing Jerry and seeing the level of favor he experiences in his life has also made me um, created that awareness and uh, built up my faith in that area. Uh, the impact that he's made on my life is to really stretch my faith specifically to uh, believe for favor. Uh, and especially like this, this year's message, uh, the faithful shall flourish uh, and thrive in the courts of their God. That just has blessed my life so much and impacted my life, my ministry, and the business that I work at. So it's been an awesome time and I appreciate all that you guys do. Thank you. I've always enjoyed listening to Brother Jerry, especially about the favor of God and how it surrounds us like a shield and how the blessing of God is on upon our people. That's just so amazing and it's impacted my life so much. Thank you for sharing that wonderful testimony. I love hearing what God is doing in your life. And please don't hesitate, send us your testimony. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, if it's taught you how to become the winner that God wants you to be, then share that with us. Because as you share it with us, and we share it on this broadcast, it inspires people to keep standing and believing for their breakthrough. Now, once again, we're going to offer our special series entitled The Law of Progression, four CDs. This is a classic series of messages that I preached a number of years ago, but it's still to this day one of our most requested series. People love the canoe story. If you've never heard it, I'm not going to tell you what it's about other than the fact that living by faith is very similar to going upstream in a canoe against the current. I'll tell you, this will be inspiring to your faith. Now, I want to encourage you to log on to our website and uh, hook up with us with all of our social media. And uh, we want to stay connected to you. We want to help you build your faith. We want to encourage you. And this is one of the ways that we can do it. Thank you once again for joining us today. And this is Jerry Savell reminding you that your faith will overcome the world. And don't quit.